after this, I also had promised myself to, yeah, to just to um, to never pick up a weapon again, um, to 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 never really engage in in this sort of um, in this sort of behavior because it's just it's just it's it's seeding so much uh, pain, and not just you know the Israeli defense forces, not just the military, uh, not just the Israeli military, so many of the similar structures, but it is seeding a lot of pain in the world. And it's it just, we don't have to. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Sex and Art. In this podcast, I'll combine my passion for art and sex with my passion for very interesting people. In every episode, you'll be allowed a peek into their world and we'll find out how they connect to art and sex. I'm your host, Zir Berlin, and now let's find out who's our guest today. This recording was done in two different sessions. One where my dear guest was in Berlin and one where he was in Israel, where he still is right now. Stay tuned till the end of this podcast where my guest is gifting you with a recording of one of his very impressive poems. Welcome, Boaz. Welcome to my podcast, Sex and Art. It's so nice to have you. Hey, Siri, thank you so much. It's so nice to have you too. <laughs> Well, um, I read on your homepage um, a little bit about you, and it says you're mm -hmm. award-winning designer, illustrator, facilitator. You're teaching at several schools, organizations, educational startups. And what I like best is that you focus um, in your work on playful, playful, that's my favorite, visual storytelling, purposeful design. And alongside knowledge sharing through counseling, creativity, and community. When I think about you, I think about a man who is sometimes very serious and sometimes very funny and playful. <laughs> What do you think about this description? Yeah, I guess that, um, yeah, that shows pretty, pretty well, actually, my, the duality which I live with. Um, you, you're also a burning man enthusiast. Um, You, you told me at some point. Um, is that more the serious or more the playful or both? Um, I think, uh, yeah, both elements go into both ways. So also, I think if you um, want to produce or co-create a Burning Man event or just, you know, facilitate uh, some 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 burning, some content in, in, in relation to that or create artwork, um which is you know connected uh with the community then i mean you need both you need to i for me at least i need both i feel like the the playfulness that comes with with the, the creation of it um and you know to be there while it's happening and also um the sort of i would say yeah kind of like a serious approach that that's connected to the making of it the production of it and uh well i mean there is kind of an Even if it's uh, co-created, it's still somewhat of an ownership uh, responsibility that you take. I wanted to know whether there is some piece of art 
whatever it is, be it a painting or more an installation or more like an event, you're especially proud of, which you connect to with Burning Man? I think the Sketchomat project actually was something that really developed parallel with an event that I was doing in Berlin and experimenting a lot, trying it out uh, in burner events. What is the Sketchomat? Sketchomat is a sketching machine from the future. It's basically, uh, it's a very playful, um, interactive um, art installation, I would say, where a person arrives to the installation and starts to communicate with the kind of uh, machine. I sit behind the machine and I communicate to the machine voice or with recordings. It's basically kind of a, a place in which I learn a lot about, I have personal talks with these people. And I, at the same time, I portray them. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity, I think, to meet personally, impersonal and extremely personal at the same time. And eventually you have, you have all these buttons and, um, you know, levers and so on. And, but they don't do anything. Neither of them does anything. And, uh, but it's nice. It's really, really fascinating because eventually they receive their printed portrait and everyone takes something with them. I take the story and they take that, you know, a visual um, souvenir of that moment. Um, Can you shortly explain what Burning Man is for those who don't know? Well, Burning Man is kind of one of the most difficult thing I think to put into description because it's a never uh, ending, changing, transforming uh, term, uh, which is basically everything that the specific Burning Man community in, in a place uh, decides that it is. I heard Burning Man is like a humongous event in the middle of the desert somewhere in the U.S., And lots of creative people <laughs> and sex-positive people go there to celebrate, to share their art, to co-create something unbelievable. And in the end, some man figure burns. What do you think right. about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a description. If you ask a hundred burners what they what they think it is, you will probably get two uh, hundred answers. Some people say it's just you know one week in the desert. <laughs> um, some okay. people some people will say it's basically a manifestation of all your dreams uh, into into a reality radical inclusion um, self-expression self-expression gift gifting um, communal effort and so forth when we met I remember that you said that you actually miss proper hugging in Berlin yeah that's that's true I do. Um, I still do. In a sense, I think um, the way that we approach touch in different cultures is very evident when you when you make such a change. In Israel, I don't know. It's just, it's just such a different concept. I, I think very. It would be very very seldomly when someone reaches a hand out to say hello to you in a way, you know, kind of like, hey, nice to meet you, is uh, this kind of formality is something that we really um, haven't really cultivated as much as people here, I suppose. I was thinking about whether your art was influenced, actually, by your move to Berlin. I, I was very influenced, I think, by Berlin's um, street art scene, by the kind of like alternative 
hedonistic community and a lot of these, um, let's say, well, the, I think, well, the techno scene as well. Um, and also the spirituality. There's a lot of spirituality in Berlin and that also was affecting me a lot in, in my work. And I think, yeah, slowly I was doing more street art than I was introduced to the amazing world of tape. And I wanted to, um, to work with that a lot more. Interactive art has always been very, very fascinating for me. I thought, wow, with this, I can really create um, spaces. Um, <clears throat> and slowly, um, I think what happened is that these worlds kind of came together. Um, the use of like these old windows, for example, in my um, in my uh, passager uh, project. From the point that I moved to Berlin, it really started to be a bit more, you know, the combination of these like old windows, um, old stuff, new stuff. Um, the the tape, um, the graphic design elements, rather a bit more te technical, but also quite poetic all the new soft and hard, um, all these elements kind of came together. And I mean, the playfulness between that is definitely, is definitely one of the fortes of, um, of being on the creative side of the, of the, of, of the relationship between um, my feminine and my masculine. I think that what eventually came across was a completely new language. And that was a research that, um, fascinated me um, and kept me um, in a very long creative process for some years. You really feel like um, opening up, waking up, becoming alive when you talk about your art. We talked a little bit about your different cultures. And um, so I would say you have this normal Israel culture, you have this Burning Man culture, and you have a little bit of this Berlin culture. What do you like to, if you, if I would tell you to pick the best things of each, what would you pick? Yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. It's a good one. I would probably take this kind of informal brotherhood, sisterhood kind of connection from the Israeli um, culture, which makes people just feel related in a sense, even if they don't really know each other at all. Informal connection also... Um, also create this physical closeness in mm -hmm. a sense. I think it's just way more common, this openness, this proactiveness, this uh, pull and push in a sense um, that uh, Israelis are not so, they're not so worried um, on doing that. And then on, that, on the other sense, um, this is something that I also like about something from the Berlin culture that I would keep with me is... Um, definitely this thinking a bit more of the other, realizing what situation this, this um, act of yours puts other people in. And um, probably from Burning Man culture, I would, I would keep somewhat of this, um, of this playfulness, definitely this playfulness and um, nice. creative expression that just, just makes everything uh, more alive. This feeling that we are best when we are kids together. It's like this um, life force energy when we can let go of all of our conditioning uh, and we can just mm -hmm. be alive. Um, considering your cultural experiences, um, Israel, Germany, Burning Man, or let's say Berlin, Burning Man, do you think there are different concepts of masculinity in each culture? 
Yes and no. For example, this idea, this unhealthy masculinity sort of um, idea concept of men need to be strong. Boys don't cry, right? I think that shows itself in the different cultures, just in a different way. It's the same basic concept or construct, but it just shows itself in a completely different way. In more of a Berlin German culture, it would be a bit more kind of like cool, strong, tough and closed, maybe a bit more silent it goes get like kind of rough goes through everything and um and in in an israeli culture it's this concept maybe looks a little bit more like a, maybe a bit more in the same but in an open manner a bit more loud a bit more i will show you like with my i mean in a in a in in the way that i communicate and in the way that i act that i am strong Mm. and that I'm that I'm not afraid perhaps in Germany it's a little bit more passive aggressive and you ha- I mean it's it's way that it shows and in Israel it's a bit more aggressive aggressive you now said aggressive um, because I was mm-hmm. about to ask um, what is actually negative about that you know that you closed up so you were talking about negative yes. masculinity that's I think what I'm what I'm talking about when I said that this is like a Uh, the, the the healthy and unhealthy side of the same coin in a sense on one hand you can be strong but this strength exhibits itself in an unhealthy way in a in a active or a passive aggressive manner and on a healthy way the strength can hold spaces can move things in the world um it's the it's the same power but it's in a sense I feel like it's 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 this kind of like it comes into a block. When it's unhealthy, it's a bit like a, um, it's a bit like a running river, which is like you know there is a block there and it becomes like a little bit of a swampy, um, maybe a bit more dirty, disgusting kind of like uh, element. Mm. And when it's when it's when it does not include shame and guilt and everything around that, and it's maybe a bit more communicative and generally just I would say more healthy it's just it's a it's a flowing river and yeah. this flowing river can also really shape landscapes create healthy spots for plants and animals um, I think it's in a way it's just it's 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 a similar uh, element but in a on a different scaling of it yeah. I really like this picture of this river because for me a river mm-hmm. has also something very sensitive and softness to it and also something nurturing right without water it can yeah it can be very nurturing yes it can be very destroying as well very destructive yes yeah exactly mm-hmm. um And the question is what one destructs, right? Also the destruction mm-hmm. of the bad stuff can be good. In the feminine way, we have this Kali idea, right? right. That, mm-hmm. you know, this is the energy to, um, to have change. Um, mm-hmm. I think that eventually the destruction is mostly towards the inside and it escapes, it escapes into uh, uh, inter, uh, interpersonal and social phenomenon. But It's eventually comes to the idea of what we allow ourselves to be with ourselves. And, and that's for me, basically the idea we were talking about, uh, the Burning Man idea, to be fully original, to allow yourself to be, you know, with all the things we deny in our society, whatever society we are in. Mm-hmm. I think we agree on that 
um, having sexual desires is pushed down in most uh, cultures. Um, mm -hmm. And um, having dark sides and so-called shadows, we also try to not have. Um, and I think if one, like, for example, young men needing to be like in between 13 and 17, needing to be super tough, having no mm -hmm. feelings to be accepted in their peer group. But then when they meet a girl, they need to have a switch um, mm -hmm. and have mm -hmm. feelings um, suddenly. And this, of course, doesn't work. I think it obviously doesn't work because it's based on a society that's really trying to, to control and, and make things um, functional. Um, it doesn't work that way. It's a, a lot of this is just um, basically connected, as far as I see it, as a as a control function for for people. I mean, all these the you know the the taboos around it are. I mean, the darkness it's uh, it's it's there. We are everything, and it it would be it would be um, trying to control it. Just doesn't really doesn't really bring us anywhere except to, into darker places. But I think there is this type of arrogance to both ways that I feel like is um, we could easily, I mean, if we approach it and we're really, we're, we're really honest about it, no one knows anything and nothing is, nothing is for certain. And the more that we are uh, facing this and really kind of like more vulnerably open up to that, that we are just not perfect and we all have these dark sides and we all need to work with them. And we, you know, and, 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 and even, even like, you know, people on one side of the spectrum who don't want to discuss it at all. I don't know, for example, if you have, uh, if you, If you have any uh, religious people in your circle of friends and talking to them about these kind of things is, is, is next to impossible um, because it just doesn't, it's, not, it's just not allowed in a sense. And, and this makes you angry, I hear. Yes, because this is the same, because it's the same type of arrogance. There is also a, a destructive side of that in which you, you, you know, you, in which you, um, it, embrace your darkness but not really you're just not really accepting your darkness at the same time and so it, it's there is a destructive part of it there is also the side of the spectrum which is um really kind of this pure idea of like we're only going towards the light and not looking at, at mm. these things at all I, yeah. think, i think in both of them there is a type of an arrogance just the idea the concept that like oh I found the way. This is the way. Everyone are, that they don't go by that way. Yeah. The, the healthy part, somewhere in the middle, is 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 acknowledging that we have that, acknowledging that we are also somewhat ashamed about it, and we need to work things through. We, everyone grew in, all of us grew up in societies that have these exact problems built in from very young ages. And at the same time that we also have this like this uh, light and lively and we have positives and negatives. We have everything. We are complicated creatures. I think that if we're talking for a moment about also about intimacy, it, it, this is the very, this is a very interesting point, a very interesting part right there in the middle. If we, if you go into a, an int intimate connection with a person, able to show all of these sides and able to accept the other person's sides and just play a little bit along with that, this playfulness on it without feeling so much shame around it 
and just being able to to also you know hey to fully accept it hey i have also this side it's like let's play a little bit together with that and, and this is a really this is a really beautiful little golden valley um where where magical intimacy happens yeah at least how i see it let's go back to this idea of masculinity you talked about um how to achieve um becoming more yourself becoming more authentic being able to speak your truth without hurting someone and then on the other side not just thinking about not hurting someone how does this connect to you to masculinity well with masculinity we're talking i mean apart from this um, very personal level which we've we've a, a little bit discussed i think that there is very much a social layer that um that is related with that is just constructs of how how men um behave also around each other also around um um women it really really very much related to what we just discussed in a sense of what society expects you to um to behave like and on on a social level i think it's really very important at this time that we will just open discussions around that society as a whole but also men just men with ourselves to have more um you know one thing that i that i that i see more and more um happening at the moment are like men circles something that is uh that i i i noticed also happening in israel um while being there but i mean i see it also happening more and more in berlin germany i think altogether and in the world men coming together in circles talk about how they feel and also how they feel about terms relating to masculinity and redefining that because i think it really as as i see it we really are reliving the traumas of um older generations mm. of our like of, of our forefathers and foremothers again and again and again um just so it's so so deep inside of us and this has built the construct of of what it is to be a man nowadays as well even though some of that we just really don't need like 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 um patterns of behavior that we use on a personal level every day that was that used to be a great solution for a situation when we were um kids and in a very uh, unsafe environment for example this closing up closing up and becoming avoidant detaching from your emotions or from from people around you or just being loud and um angry um it just in order to create the separation between you and people who might harm you on a on a bigger scale level men having to be um strong and and and, and aggressive and um on things you know that was you know very necessary at at the time that that we had you know basically war where we had a lot more just wars going on around us and we would just the social political um situation brought us to having to adopt adapt to that yeah. but i mean at the moment i think it's time for us also to really reflect on these things and 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 just kind of you know like when you organize when you when you when you're moving in an, an apartment and you think to yourself what is it that i actually still need uh, i have this box of things that are just that just completely became you know maybe they were useful at, at a time but now they're completely useless to me 
And some things that 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 I would love to take with me are some things that are just nice memories, and yeah. I'll keep it inside. And just to make this kind of organization and and get this, you know, slowly evolve to a situation in which we get rid of of these of of behaviors that are just basically destructive for us as a society. It's not only men. Yeah? There's also no. unhealthy. No. <laughs> um, there's also unhealthy femininity and the connection. The connect and, and the interaction between unhealthy masculinity and unhealthy femininity is creating the uh, this destructive patterns that we are reliving. But um, but this um, I see it as a very important moment in history for us to be able to come together, open that up, and yeah. discuss that and rebuild these constructs. And I can see this is really important for you, um, and you're really engaged mm -hmm. in that topic. Um, so in my understanding of um, masculine worlds, or let's say um, the unhealthy parts, which are also unhealthy mm -hmm. for men, they're not just unhealthy for the rest of the world, um, mm -hmm. however they identify. Um, but what makes it possible for you to, to not continue being in that train of thought of, I need to be strong. I need to figure out what my woman wants. I need to be the provider. Um, and I recently talked to another male person and he said, but all men want sex all the time, right? And um, um, <laughs> I think that's not true. Um, so what allows you to let go of these unhealthy masculine concepts? I think softness is definitely a key there. I mean, it's it's really. I think it's really okay for us to open up again to 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 this place of vulnerability and softness. How do you do that? That's not so easy. I think you fail a lot. I think failing a lot is is helpful if you do it in yeah in a manner of awareness. It's very important that we open them up as as really as as a society as groups, as people, as men-to-men -men uh, or um, with our partners, whether they're men or, or women, to also um, be open to that. We have feminine parts, we have masculine parts, and it's, I think it's I think it's important that we give space for all of this to happen. Um, I don't necessarily know how to say, you know, what is the how around that. I think that this is an ongoing, ongoing process. I was asking more about what allows it to you to let go of old stuff and create new mm -hmm. things. So, for example, um, I know as a woman, um, I kind of also liked this kind of unhealthy behavior and I was fostering it with my behavior. So mm -hmm. um, we were taught when we were little girls, I'm uh, 45 now, um, we were taught that um, you need to be independent as a woman. You never depend on someone. So all this receiving pad was kind of stolen um, from my generation. So, and it's yeah. difficult to make yourself that vulnerable to allow that someone yeah. really takes care of you. And, yeah. um, you know, to yeah. we need to be all in that game of um, healing um, yeah, I mean it's difficult. But we can't be all on that game. You as a man. So if I want, if if we were in a friendship relationship, we are in a friendship. But if we are in a in a relationship, um, what would it? Um, what would be helpful for you so you can open up and um, do the work to 
yeah, to focus on the healthy masculine stuff. I think that, I mean, if we were in that together, then it would be, I think, first of all, each one of us probably uh, holds dearly the, the concept that, you know, we'd like to get better. Um, we'd like to get better at, but at what we do. But I mean, if we, uh, if we together, you know, with, with some people, it just comes out more naturally, of course. But I think if we together kind of like, you know, um, cultivate that into our communication mm-hmm. and, um, and I mean, also, um, we work on that on ourselves, but also accept the other person for their situation and their development and failures as well. I mean, for me, it's, uh, for, for, for different people, it's different things. I feel like, you know, uh, care is important for me on a very basic, also physical level of just being like, you know, held through a situation mm. is already there because there is a lot of, I mean, there is a lot of joy in life, but there's also a lot of pain in life and it's gets difficult to go through that by yourself. And I think most of the, in, in many ways, a lot of the time we are just feeling lonely with that. And so just being in that position of being just like, just feeling that you're not alone in it mm-hmm. and, you know, also talking to, to, to a partner or uh, to a friend and, seeing that they are also going through this is um, for me, it's a, it's a, makes a huge difference when just people share that kind of vulnerability with me. And I feel free to do that as well. You were talking about um, nonviolent communication before. And what I learned about nonviolent communication is, or what I took away um, is that you have a lot of self-empathy So you allow your feeling of being angry. You allow your feeling of being disappointed, but you take yourself care of these feelings. So maybe there is something which triggers you, which triggers whatever kind of unhealthy behavior. um, And then you take good care of yourself, um, go out of the room, have self-empathy and just come back to the conversation when you heal this feeling inside of yourself, mm-hmm. is that yeah, something I, you can connect? I think to? I, I I like that concept too. I and I, I I see it as a very valuable uh, milestone, like a kind of a, a stepstone um, on the way to um, healthy communication mm-hmm. um, and you know inner and outer. Um, I. I also a little bit see the danger in that when you when you um, when you get stuck there in a sense. Um, I mean, on a, in a way, when I think we take a lot of things on ourselves, um, and which is also really important because the responsibility it's just so unhelpful. It's just really un- counterproductive to put. Res- the responsibility for your needs and emotions on another person. It just doesn't, it can't work. Um, and so, I mean, it's really is very important to, um, to be able to, to, to do that on your own. I see it. Though there is a place in which, I mean, we are not alone in this world and always, um, you know, we are experiencing life together. 
And, you know, and the understanding of that and the experience around it and also the emotions that come up inside of us. And, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not necessarily another person's responsibility, but it's, but sometimes you really, you really need somewhat something from, from someone else. Um, and it's, I, I mean, and it's also okay to ask it. Um, and I think, um, and I think, you know, to, to, a, to a degree, it can get to the point in which you think, no, I have to take care always of myself. Okay. No, um, that's not a, what I meant. It's not what you meant, but I think that there is the danger. I, mm -hmm. I feel like there is the danger that this also, you know, can bring people to this kind of pattern that it's always me with myself and I have to always take care of myself and da, 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 da. But, 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 but we are in things, in situations together. We are in things together. We are living through life together. In these situations, we can also definitely, um, you know, ask for support. I Absolutely. Think is... and, and this is where the needs are coming in, I guess, um, at least in nonviolent yeah. communication, yeah. that um, if I know what my need is, I can ask for it. Yeah. With, but yeah. The, the, the problem might be with, yes. do I expect the solution from the outside? Most, yeah. Or is it okay that the other person says no? And that's where we end up with the consent idea again. Yeah. I was really deeply surprised by also in myself and also with others while doing uh, NVC workshops um, of just how much of what we think our needs are, are actually, you know, what we think a situation is of, of our needs are actually our assumptions uh, about others and about ourselves and judgments and criticism and uh, a lot of this and so on i mean i think it's another type of education form that we really didn't put enough emphasis and effort into during the period of you know us actually trying to find our way out of the industrial age but this type of um, emotional education is something that we didn't really put a lot of uh, emphasis onto and i think this is probably one of the one of the things that will provide a huge difference when people can actually look at these things and say okay um these are actual needs feelings you know what is what are these you know concepts also like i feel i feel betrayed by you it's not really a feeling and if you really break it down how you actually feel maybe you feel you you can feel disappointment for sure And uh, you have a need, maybe a need of yours is just not met at that point, but it's... Um, maybe the need of having company, yeah? Like the fear of uh, being left alone, that's often behind it. So I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah, this triggers things in yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, and in many ways, we uh, just tunnel that into into other things in our communication. Yeah, this is ex this is exactly what every... Uh, also, every 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 person, and whether male or female, is going through in unhealthy ways. Just either pushes it down or just yeah. channels it into active or passive aggression. Yeah, because you mentioned that now a few times. Um, I just want to make sure that uh, our listeners and also you do understand that I yeah. understand with unhealthy masculinity also behavior from other people than people in a male body, right? Um, yeah, I have been to sure. uh, Women's uh, Day 
events uh, where they said there's a fight going on. We need to fight. Um, and, you know, I thought mm -hmm. that's very unhealthy. That's unhealthy masculinity. That's um, right. not right. reaching over and giving the hand and trying to find common ground by talking. And that's basically what Marshall Rosenberg did with his nonviolent communication. He went to, um, I always forget the countries he went to, very, very um, war-inflicted countries. And he talked mm -hmm. to both sides and they found through both of their needs, they have the same needs. So we agree on that every human has yes. the same need and they could yes. connect with these needs, need for safety, need for being taken care of, whatever, right? And through the, these needs, mm -hmm. people could connect even though they were killing each other. And I think mm -hmm. this is um, such an important work. And um, yeah. Seeing each other as, as people. On, on that level, I just want to say that like this is also something, something of a difference. I mean, that I can see also, I mean, um, for example, in Israeli society, um, I could... I have a feeling sometimes that there is um, unhealthy masculinity, like elements of unhealthy masculinity on in it as a society, whether it's uh, with men or women or anything in between. Sometimes it also feels like that because, I mean, it's um, still in a sense a war-inflicted area. So it's like uh, quite a lot of conflict in this area. And so this concept of like uh, this militaristic approach to things somehow really you know trinkles into into many layers of the society and that's um yeah and sometimes you can really feel that well you know i mean in israel um when you're 18 whether you um have whether you are in a male or a female body you are granted the possibility or the mandatory possibility to uh, to uh, to enter the um, to enter the Israeli defense forces and get uh, like a gun then you know depends whether you're a woman or a man it's either two or three years of uh, being really devoured by concepts of unhealthy communication and unhealthy masculinity in many ways even though there are some really beautiful things that are happening as well in this kind of like you know this place where everyone are coming into and meeting each other and so forth on 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 a, on a, on a bigger scale you can see an entire culture that is living in in, in trauma because of that as well did you did you do uh, the military service in that regard Unfortunately, yes. I think uh, there is something which is something that was really good about it is that it completely also changed my life in a way that I also really saw what's happening in the region and really saw um, in many cases, you know, the, the daily interactions there and how things are happening and what's behind things and, and how people um, act. Um, in these different situations. It's an emergency situation, which is spread out through your entire time there. So it gets very, very stressful, stressful as well. I think uh, people often there are just like on super high stress alert um, condition, and it creates very, very weird situations. And then after, I mean, yeah, that's also why after that many people have to go, um, many Israelis have to go and travel around 
uh, to forget about everything and also to refine something inside of them, which is kind of like was put aside and, you know, uh, was hid uh, for a very long time. And I really, I think it really changed something um, inside of me to also this understanding that this type of, that this type of behavior and this type of, um, of life is not something that I would want to have and something that I want to be a part of movements of people that uh, offer something different into the world. I, after this, I also had promised myself to, yeah, to just to, um, to never pick up a weapon again, um, to, to, to never really engage in, in this sort of, um, in this sort of behavior, because it's just, it's just, it's, it's seeding so much uh, pain and not just, you know, the Israeli defense forces, not just the military, uh, not just the Israeli military, so many of the similar structures, but it is seeding a lot of pain in the world. And it's it just, we don't have to. I had this naivety that, that I could also do something different there within it. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, but I, I think I experienced a lot of traumas. I was there during the second Intifada period. Um, I experienced a lot of trauma and uh, I understood on, on a very visceral level also what that sort of life does to us. Did you do art? And if so, what while you were in the military service? Well, while in the military service, I think for a long time, I really, um, I really put everything on freeze. Mm. I really put my soul behind, let's say. But at some point, something changed and I did start to make more with my time um, drawing dreams, I think, mostly. There was a period in which I was dreaming a lot. I was painting these dreams a lot. I was writing stories quite a lot. Um, but I think it was mostly this. I was dreaming of something different and later when i was studying i was also doing um artwork um some animated shorts that had something to do also with my experience in the military um so also reflecting on that period as well at the same time yeah maybe one day i will um perhaps make a little bit more of a graphic novel about this entire period. I think it would be a really good medium, a format to, yeah. to work with that. And also, as, also as a processing uh, format, as a kind of, but also really sharing all these stories that are almost unbelievable and almost fantastic, surrealistic. I understand now a little bit better um, your two sides, your very serious side. Mm -hmm. and you're also very playful side and we have been talking now for quite some time and um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of the time we were very serious and talking about serious things and serious feelings um, and how you want to create an environment in society and around yourself where people are open and being allowed to be themselves and my last question would be What do you cherish most from your heritage, your upbringing, 
maybe also your concept of masculinity, you took away from Israel, which is maybe playful, maybe not. Like the, the most important thing you learned about being a man, which you really hold dear. There are a few things that come up to my, to my mind at the moment. Try to keep it short somehow. Um, one thing that comes up to my mind is also a little bit this concept of, of brotherhood, which I feel that is somewhat lacking a little bit in my life here. I don't have so many uh, men friends in Germany, in Berlin. And I mean, I have a few that are that I hold dear, um, but I don't have so many in comparison with the situation back back home. We have just this, I, I think we're just really a group of very, very beautiful men who just really don't, who really don't hide it. They are not afraid of just telling to each other that they love each other and to hold each other and to have experiences together without women. And this is something that this brotherhood that I that I miss here a bit. Maybe it's just because there are so many beautiful women in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> many men uh, are just so unfocused, including me, so I cannot say anything. But there is a type of a lightness that I that I relate with uh, with the Israeli people in my life. Maybe it comes a little bit also from, from this kind of like, yeah, living the day, who knows if we are existing tomorrow kind of way of living. Uh, but there is a sort of lightness and a playfulness to, 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 to Israel, Israeli culture, which is just, it's just fun, it's warm, it's funny. Every time that I, I mean, every time that I visit in Israel, when I come back to Germany, I have a few more laughter lines, you know? <laughs> Just, just, just... Good sign. Exactly. It's just this kind of like, I just laugh my heart out. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. Thank you for doing this and having me um, on your podcast. This is really very meaningful um, time together. Thank yeah. And that. I think we did a little bit of, um, of actually what you think is the best way of... Um, becoming a healthy society just talking about it right yeah here it starts <laughs> okay thank you so yeah. much because yeah thank you as well bye bye my forefathers they were in the ss my forefathers Murdered one by one in the Holocaust, my forefathers looked away at the terminal. My forefathers enjoyed a single moment of happiness. At the birth of their first child, they have split the Red Sea to pieces. They have split it and tried again and again to read Marx and Engels, but fell asleep on their rocking chairs and in the end settled for a political party. Re-edited the Bible, divided the people, my forefathers, links on Recht suppressed my foremothers, my forefathers forgot how to be human. They have taught my fathers well. 
my forefathers stood in line to be hanged on the wailing wall stood in line for the supermarket with a handwritten note from my foremothers stood during the sirens set during the sirens masturbated during the sirens shut down for hate and ignorance during the sirens afraid of their reflection they napped during the sirens became the sirens became a list ladies and gentlemen my forefathers Thank you, lovely humans, for listening to this episode of my podcast, Sex and Art. Of course, you'll find all the links to Boa's art and work in the description box. If you want to support this podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And I hope we hear each other soon in the next episode. Have a lovely day.